Well, good evening, church. Why don't we just rise? New beginnings, families, we begin to worship. Amen. God is so great, isn't he? Amen. Why don't we just greet one another as we begin to worship? Amen. Worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Of heaven, you conquered the grave, you free and captive and break every chain, oh God, you have done great things, we dance, your freedom awakens a life, oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great Jesus, I say your name is 
Hey! 
says, I'll stand before the giant and I'll claim victory. I don't know what giant you have in your life, but I encourage you, church, the strength that God has given you, you take that and you stand in front of that giant. You claim that victory in Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this out together. He is before us, he's behind us. He's always with us. tonight declaring that we are no longer afraid that we stand in the face of the enemy in the face of our giant thank you Jesus for that you're so good and you're so great Lord that tonight we declare it with our voice in this song let's sing this together church you give life you love 
sing it again. You give life, you love, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Greater your love. It's your breath and our love. So we pour out our breath. Come on, sing it. Pour out our breath.
on and sing it with me. Say, great are you, Lord. And great are you, Lord. Yes, you are, Jesus. Great are you, Lord. We continue to sing it together. We say, great are you, Lord. Oh, yes, you are. Yes. Great are you, Lord. We sing all the earth. ready to receive you and our eyes be open to see you God that we see you Lord that you be known that you be clear to each and every one of us God I pray that Lord your message speaks into our lives God each and every one of us Father that we continue to put that trust in you that we continue to put that hope in you Lord that we know that even if we cannot see it yet Lord you already have victory over our battles they are won Father, we praise you for that, God. So, Lord, I just pray that tonight, Father, for those of us with with un, un, unrestful souls, 
God, that you can quiet those spirits, Lord, that you bring peace to us, Father, and that we, we, we be ready to receive your word. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't we just give God a great shout of praise? Let's go. Why don't we just turn to our neighbors and greet them as we get ready for our announcements. Good evening, church. How are y'all doing? Y'all are so mingling. That's cool. That's cool. If you wouldn't mind just taking your seats, we're going to go ahead. Cool. Well, welcome. Welcome. I'm so excited that y'all are here tonight. It's Wednesday night. We're halfway through the week, right? Halfway through the work week. How many of you have had like a decent week? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Heck yeah. Let's go. (laughs) This, week's, this week has been pretty good. I, I enjoy it. So before we move into um, our sermon tonight, I'm going to go ahead and share a few announcements. Our first one is, we all know, Easter's coming up. How exciting. The, 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 our Savior has risen. We get to celebrate that. It is amazing. So church, we are in need. We are in need of your donations for candy for our kids for their Easter egg, Easter egg hunt this year. So if you have any... I'm, I wouldn't recommend the leftover candy from Halloween, but maybe, like, some leftover candy from Valentine's Day. I think that was pretty close. and Like, that was recent enough. It wouldn't be too bad. If y'all have anything, please, 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 we are accepting donations for that. It'll be amazing. I'm so excited. It's just a great time to be able to serve these kids and, you know, get them a little crazy on sugar. I mean, once a year is okay, right? It's fine. It's fine. So if you have any candy, we'll be accepting uh, donations in uh, outside of the newbie kids room. Um, It's going to be right at their little booth over there. So y'all got candy? Please bring it. We've got you. Um, Next is our um, Easter. uh, Let's see. So newbie kids, again, we're still with the kids. Um, They're going to be having a journey to the cross service on April 8th, which I believe is not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So parents, please mark this in your calendars for yourselves, for your friends. It's going to be going from 6 to 8 p.m. And what you're going to be doing with your kids is you're going to be participating in different activities while learning about Jesus and his last days here on earth. So it's going to walk you through Jesus' journey to that cross, his death, and then his resurrection. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So this is going to be a family event, so please feel free. Bring everybody. Bring everybody. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Bring, I don't know, that one coworker that nobody talks to, but you know that they have kids. Even if they don't, like, it's fine. It's fine. They get to learn about Christ. That's, that's all that matters here. Awesome. So next, sisterhood. Pastor Cindy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. I love this ministry. They're going to be having their potluck brunch on Sunday, April 2nd. April 2nd. Saturday, Saturday. Okay, so sorry. Um, Saturday. So I was incorrect about it's not this Friday. Anyways, my bad. (laughs) On Saturday, April 2nd. I have my dates messed up right now. It's all good. But on Saturday, April 2nd, Sisterhood is going to be having a potluck brunch from 10 a.m. to 1130 here at New Beginnings. Ladies in this room, 
I invite you all, please come. We're going to ha- be having a guest speaker, Jessica Ramirez, again, from our Newbie Kids Ministry. Let's go for the kids. That's awesome. So, Jessica, she is such an amazing woman, and honestly, if you if you come, you will be so blessed just to hear from her. Um, it she's she's amazing, and I love her. And if you meet her, you will love her as well, and she will love you just as much. She is an amazing woman. So, sisterhood, this Saturday, be here or be square. Yeah. Um, next men's breakfast is going to be get this April 9th, so the following Saturday. From, yeah, let's, let's give it up for the men. Yeah? From 7.30 to 10 a.m. So men in the room, mark your calendars. I know some of y'all get your phones out during service. That's okay. Mark your calendars while you're at it. It's all good. It's all good. So men, men's breakfast, April 9th, 7.30 to 10 a.m. Bring your friends. Bring your, I don't know, cousins. If you, if you, got, if you got guy cousins, bring them. Y'all are all welcome. Next, um, we're going to be having our child dedication service on April 10th after second service. So that's going to be not this Sunday, but the Sunday after, um, at after second service. So parents in the room, if you haven't dedicated your child to Christ yet, this is the perfect time to do so. You can register on our church app, or you can even call our front office, um, and we will happily walk you through the process for getting registered for that. And finally, sorry. Sorry, I tried to keep this brief, but I like talking. So uh, our sign-ups for next semester's classes are going to be um, set up for you to register um, out in the mall from April 20th to May 4th. So be on the lookout. Be uh, kind of, you know, keeping your eyes peeled for any classes you're interested in um, or you are thinking about doing or you're like, I want to do this. I'm taking this class. I am signing up today. That is awesome. We praise you. Um, so, like, yeah, so classes will be available to register um, from April 20th to May 4th out in the mall. Um, please sign up. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and just wel- give Pastor Richard a warm welcome up to the pulpit. Hi, Pastor. Thank you all so very much. Thank you very much, Miss Lena. You know, a few months ago, probably a year ago, our executive pastor, my wife, Cindy Mansfield, uh, put together a Christian education team to amp up and ramp up and take our Christian education uh, whole training and department to a whole different level. And they're doing such an amazing job. And uh, yes, youth, be dismissed. If you're in the 6th grade to 12th grade, please follow the youth out. They've got some amazing things going on. I know some of you are like, I don't know anybody. That's how you can meet them. Tell them, hey, pastor told me to come in here and straighten all you out. So go ahead and tell them that. But uh, but what I, she put together a team to really help and train our teachers and even take them to a higher level. And we've got some graduates today from uh, a class called Bethel Series. It's a college-level course uh, affiliated with Mid-America Christian University. Even Alfaro is the teacher, and he's been certified to teach that. And then we have discipleship graduates at this beginning level and advanced level. And so I'd like for you to invite, I'd like to invite up Stephen Alfaro. And uh, Stephen, come and make your presentation. 
to these amazing people. And I'm not sure if you want to hold the mic or just put it in the stand. So. Hey, everybody. So this Bethel series um, is an amazing uh, tool that the church provides. And uh, let me read what I typed up about it. How do we come to know Jesus? How do we meet the true Christ as revealed in the scriptures? The Bethel series seeks to address these questions with a unique overview approach of the Old and New Testament. The students are immersed in the Bible and thereby establishes a biblical knowledge base. The process of the study that the student lifts from the pages of Scripture, a wonderful story of God moving through history and showing us his plan of salvation. The Bethel series provides the groundwork for a student's firm foundation of faith, making this program of study the best first step. The mission of the Bethel series is to lead church members into a disciplined study of Scripture in such a way that they encounter the living Christ. Jeremiah 29, 13, And you will seek me, and you will find me, when you search for me with all your heart. Um, this Bethel series is amazing. I would uh, encourage everybody that's um, wanting to really immerse themselves in the Word to take this series. It takes commitment. It takes sacrifice. My wife allowed me to... Uh, sacrifice date night on Friday nights to be here. So that's how much it means to me to be able to to teach this series and to be able to um, give the same knowledge that I was given in the series. And, and just, you know, when you search God, you know, you find him and he takes you to such depths. And it's amazing to go there and to understand the word and to, to be immersed by it. The, the Bethel series, what I like about it, I love about it, is that us as Americans in a Western mindset, it takes us to a, a, uh, a Hebrew mindset. And once you go into a Hebrew mindset of, of reading the Bible and learning about God and his character, it's a whole nother, uh, another story. So I would like to present my class with their um, certificates. These guys have been through, we've all been through a lot with this class, through a pandemic. We've been through um, tons of stuff. When, and, you know, it, it was a long journey. It took almost twice as long to finish just because of the pandemic and all the stuff that we, that we uh, endured together. But it was well worth it. So first I'd like to call up Adela Gonzalez-Buffy. to leave me up here. I need your backup. Next, I'd like to call Alec Buffy. Next, I'd like to call up Joshua Manker. 
Joshua will be also accepting uh, Marcella's certificate tonight. She couldn't be here. Next, I'd like to call up Alejandra Silva. And last but not least, John Silva. This is my class, guys. Very, very proud of them. Um, inside this, uh, this time of class, I've had one student with the uh, all-time, his, his GPA um, was the highest throughout class. He was on time with his assignments. He was, um, I mean, he was just on it. Everybody was on it, but, I mean, he was, <laughs> so, so. So with that being said, me and my wife want to bless you with a cultural background study Bible. And this study Bible is an amazing Bible. I have one myself, and it just it dives deep into the cultural uh, studies of, 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 of the Bible. John Silva. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, guys, my class. And uh, they'll be having sign-ups, I believe, in April, right? We'll be doing it. Let me go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord God, and lift up my class. And every one of them, Lord God, search. I pray, Lord God, that you would reveal yourself to them. Hey, Lord God, that you would reveal yourself. Each and every one of them, Lord God, I pray ask you to bless them, Lord God, in knowledge, Lord God. Bless them with knowledge, Lord God. Knowledge that search God and peace, Lord God, and share your word with others. I thank you for my class, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord God, that they continue, Lord God, to lead them, direct them in your word, Lord God, with courage, Heavenly Father, and boldness. I thank you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Richard and Cindy Mansfield, Heavenly Father, making this available, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. Let me pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. I'd like to thank uh, Stephen. He was a great teacher. Uh, his knowledge just blew me away. I was like, the class is awesome. So if you guys get a chance, sign up. Praise the Lord. Quick testimony. Um, Stephen, the teacher, really is a brilliant, brilliant young man. Uh, he's taking college courses, has a degree and is continuing his studies. And uh, we have a tendency to judge a person by their cover, not by their heart. And uh, the class was like, Orale! This vato loco is brilliant! <laughs> so we say, you know what? God is so phenomenal. And restoring lives and the level of education. 
I want to call David Gonzalez up. He's been teaching discipleship class for many years, but he uh, just finished a beginning discipleship, and he'll be introducing all of his students. Is Sister Marcella here? She's not here today? I'm sorry, I can't hear. Oh, she's... she's, uh, I was under the understanding she was doing a presentation also. Uh, So, and David's certificates are in the office. They went to go get them. So, uh, I don't want to cut anyone short, because you guys have done an amazing job of working hard towards this. But... uh, did someone go check to see if Marcella? Oh, so she's not even here? Oh, okay. Okay, well, then we're going to do it next week, okay? Uh, thank you for letting me know that, sir. Appreciate it. And, uh, oh, I need my book. If someone could bring me my book. Thank you. Well, I have been doing a series on living without regrets. And the more and more funerals I do, the more and more families I'm with, they have a tendency to say, we coulda, woulda, coulda. Why didn't we spend more time together? Why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? We didn't enjoy our lives. We didn't do the things we were supposed to. We didn't do the things that We wish we could have. And they sold themselves short. And they sold themselves short of really enjoying life and enjoying life even more than they could have. And we're looking back and we go, why didn't we? Our children grow so quickly and so fast. It's unbelievable. Some babies that were just born a few months ago and they're already like, how can they already have teeth? How can they already start crawling and standing up? And first we want them to walk, and then we don't want them to walk. It's like, what are you doing? They're getting into everything. And next thing you know, they're graduating. And it's like, God, I don't want to waste this time. I need to capture the moment. I want to enjoy life more. I want to enjoy my life. So I want to talk about today is how to enjoy your life more how to really take time to celebrate. I want all of you to read this verse with me. It's Psalm 118, verse 24. And it says, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, help us to really grab a hold of this, to really understand it. How to rejoice more and how to be glad. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now, we need to really look at the word and understand what's going on here. God is saying he wants us to rejoice. He wants us to be able to enjoy life and celebrate life and really grab a hold of life and really understand what God is saying he has for us. He has life in abundance. He has life to its fullest. He has life to really be able to embrace. And there's a lot of reasons that people don't, 
celebrate their life. There's a lot of reasons why people aren't happy. And I just want to talk about five reasons why people aren't happy. The first one is fears and worries. Some people are losing their life because they're constantly fearful and they're worrying. It's like being in a rocking chair. You might be moving, but you're not going anyplace. You're not accomplishing anything. You're just stationary, processing that over and over. And fear has gripped you. And fear has taken in to your life and into your household and into your relationships. And before you know it, you don't go anyplace. In the counseling world, they call it agoraphobic. Or you're paranoid to go anyplace. You don't go anyplace. You're afraid to leave. And the pandemic took it to a whole different level. Oh, it was already starting in your life before that. But now you've almost gotten to the point of paranoia. Fear has gripped you. Fear has taken down the things in your life. And it's not allowing you to celebrate life. You're constantly worried. You have your groceries delivered. And before you bring it in the house, then you put on your hazmat suit. And then you wipe it all down. Now I'm telling you, This pandemic's real. I had it, and I was in the hospital and almost died. But I'm telling you, I will not allow it to strip me of life. I will not allow it to strip me of joy. We need to live with wisdom, but not fear. Wisdom and not worry. You need to be careful. Use wisdom. If you don't want to shake hands, that's okay. If you don't want to hug, that's okay. You cannot become a hermit. You have to get out of your house and even at least go outside in the backyard and take in some sun. Do something to be able to conquer this. Fear has a way of ripping off your joy, of ripping you off and taking you away from a place that you don't even want to enter. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10, it says, don't be afraid, afraid. And he says, for I, God, I, the Lord, I am with you. And then he says, don't just be afraid, but don't be discouraged. See, when you start with fear, then you go into discouragement because before you know it, everything is just a bummer. Just never mind, never mind. You know what, just never mind. You get discouraged for everything. Wouldn't you want to do that? No, no, never mind. And you're discouraged. You don't want to try anything. But he says, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. He goes, I'm your God. Don't you get it? I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So he's going to take care of you. He's going to see you through. He's going to walk you through it. Fear and worries are robbing people of their joy. Those of you at home, I'm speaking into your life. I know some of you can't be here. I understand that. Some of you have chronic disease and you can't be, you're going through chemotherapy or something that you can't be around crowds. I understand that. But some of you have isolated yourself and you've chosen not to go anyplace. I want to invite you to come and join us. To join us and be part of this fellowship in person. Another reason people aren't happy is because of failures and disappointments. Failures and disappointments How many of you know every single person is going to fail at one time or another? Everyone. If you don't think you are going to fail, 
Just ask the person next to you, have I ever failed? And they're going to say, yeah, you have. You failed to admit that you failed. (laughs) You see, everyone's going to have failures. We're going to have disappointments. Failure is inevitable. The Bible tries to help us and prepare us for, for failure. It says, when you sin. It's not if you sin. When you sin, you are going to sin. You're going to mess up. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're probably going to mess up. Some messed up before they got here. Some are all guilty right now. Oh, my God. What are you trying to say? Well, pastor said to say, you didn't have to say it. Why'd you say it like that? (laughs) Just don't slap anyone like Will Smith did, okay? (laughs) I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Failure is inevitable. It's going to take place. Do you understand that failure comes in every form, size, and, and just within everything around us? Failure happens. There used to be a bumper sticker that said, stuff happens. I said it maybe a different way, but stuff happens. Life happens. It's life. It's stuff that goes down that you never expected. It just happens. Sometimes it's failure. Sometimes it's a setback. It it could be a disappointment. It's not a failure. It's just you're disappointed because, look, some of you came to get your certificate tonight, and you're disappointed that Marcella was sick. But we pray healing over her in Jesus' name. And some of you are disappointed because the, the certificates weren't here tonight, and David was here ready to hand them out, and you're disappointed Disappointments are okay, but don't let it ruin your life. Next week, we're going to hand it to you. Next week, you're going to be able to celebrate. Failure can usually follow success. At your highest point in life, right after that, (whistles) splat, man. Haven't you ever had one of those moments? You're at the pinnacle of life. You're at the highest moment of life. You're celebrating life. You're going, yeah, it doesn't get any better than this. Like, what happened to us? How did that take place? The, the really bad thing is failure could be repeated. You did it, and you think you'd learn. I'll never do that again. I've shared this story. People think I make up these stories because they're just so absurd. I used to have a guy that worked for us. And he was trimming the hedges at the old church. And he's out there trimming the hedges. And I'm not kidding you. Every single time he used the hedge, the electric hedger, he'd cut the cord. And I'd go, dude, be careful. All right, Pastor. Why, you think I'm going to cut it again? He cut it again. So there he is, and he's trying to fix it. And... It's the cord. He still had the cord plugged in the 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 cutter, but it's no big deal. It was cut and it's cut, so there's no power in it. So he's stripping it, and he gets his teeth and strips it. But then he got the one he had not unplugged from the wall, and he gets it, and he's like, "I'm like, unplug it before you kill yourself." 
I don't know about you, I think I would learn with something like that. But he did it two other times. How can you not learn from that? Let's not laugh too hard. How many times have you and I done something stupid again and again and again? Well, okay, maybe not this half of the church, but we know this half has. Everyone's all, oh, I'm glad I sat on this side tonight. You know you've done it too. Failures can be painful. It can be really painful. It can really grip us and mess us up. But how many of you know that pain and, and, and the failures of life and disappointments of life can be forgiven? They can be forgiven. God can give us a new start, a new beginning. He can forgive us. And we need to understand that. Because failure doesn't define you. Did you just hear me? Failure doesn't define you. Look, this is the college-level course that the Bethel series is. And the very first person called up was Adela Gonzalez Buffy. And the one right after that was her husband, Alex Buffy. And you know where they met? In the men's and women's home because they were kicking addiction and some people had labeled them for life. You're an addict and once an addict, always an addict and you'll never amount to anything. And today they stood on a stage that not only have they graduated from a program and not only are they not defined by failure, but they are soaring high and doing amazing things for God. See, don't let the devil define you. Let Jesus define you. He says you're the first and not the last, the head and not the tail. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. You're the priest in your household. That's who you are. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am his child. I am a co-heir with Christ. Oh, we could go on and on to say who he has called us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says, If you claim... You have no sin. You are only fooling yourself and not living in the truth. But then he goes on to say, but if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Oh, just know that fear and disappointment might set you back, but it doesn't hold you back. Another thing, that, that another reason people aren't happy is fights and conflict. They're always just fighting and have conflict. Man, haven't you ever met people that they think it's their job to pick on people? They're more than bullies. They're wicked. They're just wicked people. It's like they're there texting or calling or gossiping or <coughs> posting stuff about you that's not even close to the truth. And they're saying stuff that isn't even true. You know what this person said about you? Shut up. It's not true. That's my wife. Oh, I, I didn't know she was your wife. They don't even know. They don't even know. It's like, man, what are you trying to do? They, they, they love stirring things up. They love fighting. They love having conflict. 
they enjoy it. The Bible gives us a solution for that in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 17. He says right there, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. Praise God. But if you aren't successful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything that you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. So you don't go back with more people because you're going to gang gang up on them and beat them up. Like, I brought back up now. What do you think of that? No. I love you and I want to resolve this and I want them to be our witnesses and I'm not here to hurt you, please. Then, if he or she won't accept the church's decision, oh, then it says, but if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. That means you take it to the pastor and and the board of elders. And if they choose not to listen to that, it says then you treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Meaning, you know what? You don't want to accept it? Then I have to treat you like a sinner because you're not willing to reconcile. You're not willing to make this right. There's something wrong with you. You're wicked. Now, don't say, don't call them a witch or something. Don't even say, you're wicked. Just say, man, I need to pray for you and and inside say, I need to walk away because they're not even believers. Because if they're Christians and they don't want to do it God's way, then you know what? They're incredibly disobedient. And the Bible says that just treat them like they don't know Jesus. Another reason that people aren't happy is because of fatigue and because exhaustion. Just plain fatigue or exhaustion. Haven't you ever just been tired? I'm talking tired. I'm talking you're so tired, you can't think straight. You can't enjoy. They go, come and sit down and relax. You can't relax. You can't relax. Your leg's always going like this. You sit at the, you, have you, haven't you ever seen people? They sit at the table and their leg's going like that. You're like, calm them down. <laughs> Before you know it, everything's shaking. A whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah, it's, they're, 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 so, they're so exhausted. They're so fatigued. They're like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't, I, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't. And, and there's a remedy for that. Jesus, he says right there in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 or 29, he says, Jesus said, come to me, come to me. All of you who are weary, all of you who are exhausted, all of you who can't go on, all of you who are fatigued, all of you that can't take it anymore, come to me and carry my heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. He goes, come to me. He goes, come to me, and I will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, I've explained this before, but the yoke is that wood that used to hold two animals together. So picture, if you would, two oxen. But instead, picture two donkeys. Because we can be really dumb, can't we? Uh, uh. 
The Bible calls us stiff-necked people. That means that God's trying to turn your head, and you're like, no, you're not going to turn my head. God's going, I want you to go over here. No, I'm going to do my... Thank God nobody like that's here. But I've heard of people in Albuquerque like that. The yoke is the, that, that wood that puts the both animals together, and they can pull more weight. They have more power. Do you know that ESPN did a horse pull, and they had these huge Belgium horses, and one horse by himself pulled something like just under 3,000 pounds. Like 2,900, second place was 2,800. So they put them together and they said, wow, maybe together they'll pull, you know, seven, 8,000 pounds. They pulled 15,000 pounds. See, when you're yoked with somebody else, you get strength, you get energy. Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. I've told you the story before. I've done this with every one of my, my children. I'm, I'm doing it now with my grandkids. I got a little granddaughter. She's five years old. She's just a little, tiny little thing. And I go, hey, Mika, help me throw the ta- trash. And I get the trash can, and I tie the bag, and I go, let's take it outside. And she can't even barely move it. So I go, here, Mika, hold it from here. So I get one side of it, and she's got the other, and I'm the one doing all the lifting, and she's there going, Mira, I got it. So she's walking all, yeah, I got it, I got it. And she's looking back, and then she looks back, and I take off, and she doesn't like, she lets go, and she's like, hey, how come he could take it? And wait, and she catches up like, I got it. Why? Because I'm carrying all the load. Her load is easy. Her burden is light. Jesus, oh, he could take it all, baby. He could take it all. And another reason some people are not happy and and they just don't know how to celebrate is because they're really frustrated. They're frustrated. They're so frustrated they don't know what to look for. They don't, they're just, they're just, haven't you ever met people like that? They're always frustrated. It's always, they can't, I like, lighten up, be happy. It's like, man, we need rain really bad. They just announced that New Mexico's a timber box ready to burn. And we had rain this morning. Cindy goes, Richard, make sure, because we, we had different schedules this morning. And she goes, make sure you take an umbrella with you. I didn't even know if I had an umbrella. I'm a man. I could get wet. We crossed the border. I'm a wetback. <laughs> Not afraid of a little water. <laughs> calm down, calm down. But all of you, for all you, I'm a first generation American. My mom and dad were Mohaus. They came across and got their citizenship. But there's frustrated people. Haven't you gone to the store and, man, you don't find something? 
like, okay, the pandemic's over, kind of, sort of. Like, why do we still have a shortage? And then they have shortage on the weirdest things. They're like, how many other people need Metamucil? <laughs> Are you with me? It's weird. So you're frustrated. But the Lord says in First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, give all your worries, give all your cares, give all your frustrations over to God, for he cares for you. Literally, the word worries and cares literally means your anxiety, your worries, your frustrations, your concerns. Give it all to God. And, and, and where it says he cares for you is literally saying with deepest affection, watching over you very carefully. He, he's got you. So that's why a lot of people aren't happy. So I want to tell you now how you could be happy. How you could be happy. How it says, be glad and rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. Be glad. Be happy. So the first thing we have to learn to do is learn to be thankful. Because when you're thankful, it turns your attitude around. That's why it's so important to teach people to say thank you. People don't know how to say thank you anymore. You do something for them, it's like they don't, you know, so sometimes you might even go, you're welcome. They go, for what? I'm like, because you were so dumb, you didn't even say thank you. Thank you for what? Oh, my gosh. See, the world feels that you owe it to them nowadays. So the Bible says to be thankful. And in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 16, he says, always be joyful. Always. He says, always be joyful. Let's move on. Never stop praying. So you got to be joyful. And the way you get there is you don't stop praying. He says, be thankful in all circumstances. He didn't say for them, but he says in them. So when you get a flat tire, don't go, oh, goody, I got a flat tire, but say, you know what, Lord, thank you, Lord, that, that we didn't have a blowout. Thank you. And if you had a blowout, thank you, Lord, that we didn't die. And if you died, then you're in heaven. You're in glory. You got it the grand prize. But, but, everything goes wrong. Everything always goes wrong for me. The devil has a target on me. Yes, he does. Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Yes, you do have a target on your chest. You got it on your back, on your chest, on your front, on your side. You got it all around you. The devil wants to take you down, but he says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So learn to be thankful. Learn to be thankful. I don't even know where I heard this song. It's, 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 oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Everything's going my way. And everything falls apart. That's okay. God will turn all things around for good to those that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. He's going to turn it around. But be thankful. Second thing we need to learn to do is enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Life is too short to be all grim and dim all the time. You might have had the most tragic life in the world, but enjoy what you got. 
I mean, I can tell you stuff in our life. We have had tragedy after tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. We just go, well, thank you, Jesus, that you've seen us through. And I really mean that. Thank you, Lord. You've seen us through. We've had people close to us and our family that have died. But you said, thank you, Lord, you've seen us through. And you'll see us through again. Enjoy your life. Tragic things have happened. Enjoy your life. You don't know what's happened to me. I don't, but God does. Enjoy your life. Quit allowing your past to destroy you and keeping you from enjoying your life. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, he says, so I concluded that there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat, drink, and enjoy the fruits of their labor. That doesn't mean alcohol. He said, man, in other words, just celebrate. For these are the gifts that, from God. God has given you that, the ability to celebrate. <coughs> You've heard my story. I, I struggled with alcohol. I was all messed up, and my, my marriage was falling apart. And when we finally came to the Lord, the people that led me to the Lord knew I, I was a drunk, and they, they wouldn't have offered me alcohol, but we got saved at 10 o'clock at night, and we were on our knees praying till about 11.45. And then they go, hey, you guys want a party? And I'm going, ding, yeah. <laughs> Orale. So we took off to a store in Texas. It's called H-E-B. Kind of like a, a, a Albertson. And it's a 24-hour store, so we bought a big gallon of fruit punch. Orale. A whole gallon. And we bought a dozen donuts. Andale, we're going to party. And the reason I got donuts is because they're holy. <laughs> but you know what? We celebrated. We celebrated. He goes, we're going to celebrate. There's, that's why a funeral service is called a celebration of life. We're celebrating the life of the person. Oh, there's pain involved, but there's hope on the other side. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 and 8, it says, True godliness with contentment is in itself wealth. So man, when you have godliness and you're content, that's, you're rich, man. After all, he, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Look, think about it. When you were a kid, a lot of us didn't even know we were poor. I really mean that. Your mama always had beans and, and, and chili or, or, or potatoes. And if you were lucky, you had beans, chili, and potatoes all in the same day. And then they, every once in a while, they, they put meat, so they put weenies in it. Come on, potatoes with the weenies, haven't you ever had that? You know what I'm talking about? You, you just, 
And now sometimes what do we say? We have a two-car garage. We have an old fancy house. We got new cars. We're, we're eating. We're even Ubering or, or we're DoorDash or, or bring the food to me. Come and cut it for me. We're, we're so spoiled. And what do we say? Yeah, life was so much easier when mama just made them tamales y, y tortillas y chile y, y frijolitos. We were content. Content. Another thing we need to do is grow closer to God. If you're going to be happy, grow closer to God. The closer you get to God, the happier you are. Because you know he's got you. He's got you. He's got you covered, man. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says, so humble yourself. That means admit you don't have it together. Admit you need help. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. Say, you know what, devil? I'm sick and tired of you taking me down a road of depression. I'm sick and tired of you taking me down a road of sadness. I'm sick and tired of you and not allowing me to be happy. Resist the devil and he will flee. So say, Largate, diablo mugroso. Get out of here, you no good for nothing, devil. And then he says, come close to God and what? God will come close to you. Then he says, if you're going to do that, this is what I want you to do. Wash your hands, you sinners. He's saying, the things that you do with your hands that are wrong, the things that you do with you, the things that you are performing, get right and purify your heart because it starts there. The heart is deceived. It says, purify your heart for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Haven't you ever found yourself there? E God, I love you so much. God, I love you so much, but I wish Pastor would shut up because I'm going to make a hookup and I'm going to go out with this chick and I'm hoping my wife won't find out. What's wrong with you? I'm married and I love my husband. He's such a good provider, but my boyfriend's been texting him and I'm going to go hook up. I'm going to go score. I'm going to go get some blues. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I'm glad no one's doing that here, but I've heard of people that do that. Get close to God and he'll get closer to you. Then, you know what? You really want to get happy? Help people out. Lend a hand. When you help people, you know what they say? When a person's battling depression, one of the things that they do is start volunteering, doing something that you do for somebody else because you know what? I don't know about you, every time I help somebody, don't you just feel good about yourself? Ah, I helped that little old lady cross the street. Well, I tried that one time. She fought me all the way. <laughs> I said, I want to help you cross the street. She goes, I don't want to go across the street. I'm waiting for the bus, you know. <laughs> just make sure you ask. <laughs> we, we're weird, man. But help people. Extend a helping hand. Help people. Look, how many times have you, when someone called you up, hey, dude, can you help? Yeah, 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 okay. And you go and help them. At the end of the day, you go. And you get home and your wife goes, babe, I'm so proud of you. They needed help really bad and you were there for them. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why? Because you, you helped. 
in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, says we know that real love, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for it. So that we also might give our lives for our brothers and sisters. And then he goes on to say, Trying to tell us if someone has enough and you're doing good, you're living well, you have enough money to live well, and you see a brother or a sister in need, but sh- but you show no compassion. How can God's love really be in that person? Your children don't. He says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show, let us show the truth by our actions. And the last thing we need to do, if you really want to be happy, is start appreciating people. Start appreciating people. I don't know what it's been lately. I don't even know what's going on, but People have been spoiling Cindy and I with just little gifts here and there. I feel so overwhelmed. My God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Somebody today brought me double meat cheeseburger with green chili, the little $1.51 from McDonald's. Oh, my gosh, those things are so delicious. That's that's the only thing on the McDonald's menu I'd love, man. And I go, when they brought me this one. Somebody today brought me a T-shirt, and it says Pastor M, Pastor Richard M. And on the back it says New Beginnings Church. Someone gave me another T-shirt. It has New Beginnings Church on the sleeve, and it says, I'm not from here. Heaven is my home. I'm only here recruiting. And I said, on the back it says New Beginnings Church. And I feel so honored. I feel like, though Cindy, they just have shown us so much love and appreciation. Do you know how much you blessed us? That's why when you show appreciation, you really bless people. You show them that. You help them. That's why Jesus said in in in. Chapter 13 of John says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. When you show your love, you prove that you're my disciples. And the very last thing is decide today to enjoy your life. Just decide today to enjoy your life. In Psalm 37, verse 3 and 4, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. He says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. God will show you what to desire and long. He's going to show you what you're supposed to be holding on to. We're having communion tonight. And right before we have communion, I just need to make sure that if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord and you want to do that tonight, 
Raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've never done that, and I want to do that. Is there anyone here tonight? I, I don't want to miss anything. Well, then, in your hand, you should have a communion cup. If you need one, raise your hand real high. Hold it up till there's somebody back there. Some in the very, very back. Anyone else? Yeah, there's some over here on the side. Grace on this other side over here. Anyone else on this side? But there's somebody right up front, Tom. Right up front here. But the scripture says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for it. We're holding in our hand a piece of bread that represents his life. And he says, because I gave my life, so we also ought to give up. Because Jesus gave up his life, we also ought to give up ours. And we really need to surrender. So, Heavenly Father, we hold this piece of bread, remembering your words that in the night that you were betrayed, you gave thanks and you broke the bread and gave it to your disciples, saying, take this, all of you need it, and do this in remembrance of me. Thank you for giving up your life for us. Teach us how to give ours up. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Likewise, he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to the disciples. And he said, take this, all of you, and drink of it. For it is my blood, the blood of the everlasting, the new covenant. And I make this covenant with you that I won't drink of this cup again until I come for you. So you gave us a great promise of hope that you're coming for. Just by the way the world is now, we know you're coming soon. So, God, we hold this cup in our hand that represents your blood that was completely given out for us. And we give our life completely out to you. And let us show that by giving it out to our community. Let us start at home with our mom or dad, our son or daughter, our father, our mother, our husband, our wife. God, let us live it out so that all these people will know that we are your disciples by our love. This is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ when we drink of the cup. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you for all you've done. Would you stand to your feet and sing this song as a song of surrender and just blessing and say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you've done and what you've done bless you and pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you sing it out?
wonderful time with you, Lord. So we're going to declare this together. Amen, church? We did it earlier. We're going to do it again. All the earth. Come on. And all the earth will shout. Come on. that took place, Lord. Lord, I know that even though we didn't see hands go up, Lord, we know that life change happened in this place tonight. And for that, we say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. 
thank you, Lord, for this time. We walk out of this place, Lord, never the same as we walked in. Be with us, Lord, and keep us safe, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, church. Amen. Church, we love you. We'll see you guys on Sunday morning. Blessings to you, church.